Hello again, wrestling fans, and welcome to another edition of the This Week in History show that we do here with Scumbags Wrestling. It is Thursday afternoon at 12, and this is your time to dive into the rich history of our great sport and uh, check out what we're talking about uh, for the week of May 21st to the 27th. Um, we are, as always, brought to you by our friends over at CoolBet. Stay cool, bet responsibly. They are a sponsor of all our shows and, of course, this championship belt, which you can earn points uh, towards as part of the Scumbags Prediction League. This weekend, we'll be doing AEW's Double or Nothing and earning more points towards that championship title. Now, I want to thank each and every one of you for being a part of this, whether you're watching on YouTube or Facebook, and of course, listening later on on our podcast uh, version on Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or anywhere else you get your podcasts from. We greatly appreciate you being a part of us. And as always, if you ever want to be a part of our shows, just send us a message. The links are down below uh, Twitter at Scumbags Canada, Instagram, Scumbags Wrestling, website is scumbagswrestling.ca, and of course, you can always. Find us on Facebook and email us at scumbagsofwrestling at gmail.com. Now, we can't go into the history of wrestling without the guy who put this all together by scanning the internet. And that's Jonesy over in Niagara Falls. How are you? That's a new job nowadays. It's just scanning the internet for information. Uh, a lot of people do that. My yeah. God, I re- you know what? I really wish this was around when I went to, to school and did projects my god yeah it'd be amazing like i i always wonder if school had been based on classic uh, music uh and wrestling i would have been an honor student because i can uh, guess a song especially from classic rock and just no time flat and of course history of wrestling up until it got crazy with the attitude era you could uh, do a lot of lineage with the uh, championship titles that, unfortunately, you can't uh, really uh, rattle them off uh, as good today unless you are... And if you can, long. it'll take a while. And you have way too much time in your hands because of how many times the belt's hot potatoed, which we'll find out later on uh, when we talk about the uh, WCW uh, World Heavyweight Champion. Oh, yes, it was a hot potato in its later years. So, if you're ready to go, let's deep dive into This Week in History, May 21st. All right. We're going to start with May 21st. 69 years ago in Los Angeles, Lou Thez defeated Baron uh, Michael Leon to win the California version of the World Heavyweight Championship. This win would make Lou Thez the undisputed heavyweight champion of the world as he held every regional version of the title. NWA Alliance and Association and had a non-title win over AWA champion Gorgeous George. 26 years ago, WCW presented Slambury A Legends Reunion. The show included the final inductions into the WCW Hall of Fame, which were Wahoo McDaniel, Angelo Papo, Terry Funk, Antonio Inoki, Dusty Rhodes, Gordon Selly, and Big John Studd. Uh, posthumously, of course. 
The inclusion of Angelo Poffo led to some contention between Soli and WCW and ultimately led to his release from the company a few weeks later. Uh, some of the matches was the Nasty Boys, Brian Nobbs and Jerry Sags defeated Harlem Heat to win the WCW World Tag Team Championship. In a match that was broadcast in black and white, Wahoo McDaniel defeated Dick Murdoch. They saved a total of $37 in film. And Hulk Hogan and Randy Savage defeated Ric Flair and Vader. Post-match, Randy Savage's father, Angelo, is assaulted by Flair. Yeah, it's interesting that you mentioned that uh, this was the last induction into the WCW Hall of Fame. Meanwhile, it only started in 93. So they only did three sessions of Slammery Legends reunions with uh, inductions and poof, done. Talk about ADHD. Yeah, and it could be because the WWE, I think, was it 95 they started? or No, they started theirs in 93 right after Andre died. Oh, so 93. Okay. So maybe they figured, you know, they're going to, WWE is going to have the better one. So <laughs> who knows? 20 years ago on Raw from San Jose, California, Chris Benoit and Chris Jericho defeated the two-man power trip Stone Cold Steve Austin and Triple H to win the WWF Tag Team Championship. This would be Triple H's last match for the remainder of the year as late in the bout, the tri Triple H tore his quadriceps muscles in his left leg. Yeah, all right. uh, I think we skipped over... Um, a date there with Judgment Day, but we can go back to that in just a moment. But yeah, just that whole thing with Triple H. As you Judgment see, Day. I, I might have... <coughs> oh, Judgment Day's next. Oh, my apologies. Uh, anyways, yeah, there was uh, Judgment Day in between. Uh, it's 21 years ago. We'll get back to it anyways. Uh, but in, if you're watching the uh, video version of this, uh, you'll see up in the upper right-hand corner Jericho was uh, having the walls of Jericho on Austin. And that's when Triple H uh, took Jericho off uh, and broke up the hold. And that's when his quad uh, tore and started rolling up his leg. And later on in the match, like maybe three minutes or so later, they're on the uh, announce table and getting uh, Triple H into the uh, walls of Jericho again, even with the move... Uh, before having uh, his quad torn, Triple H gutted out to uh, do the whole thing. And, uh, of course, Benoit and uh, Jericho ended up winning the tag team titles. It was actually Chris Benoit's birthday as well, May 21st. So quite the birthday present. But yeah, uh, it was probably one of the biggest main events, uh, at least to that day, uh, in Raw history. And uh, just recently on uh, Grill and JR, uh, Conrad and JR uh, reviewed that show. Cool. 15 years ago, WWE presented Judgment Day uh, 2016, I believe. Paul London, or sorry, 2006. Paul London and Brian Kendrick defeated Eminem, Eminem, Johnny Nitro, and Joey Mercury to win the WWE Tag Team Championship. Uh, Booker T defeated Bobby Lashley to win the 2006 King of the Ring Tournament. And Rey Mysterio defeated John Bradshaw Layfield to retain the World Heavyweight Championship. Yeah, I ended up finding the uh, 
bracket for uh, that King of the Ring, and it had like Kurt Angle against Orton, uh, Hardy, uh, Matt Hardy, I believe it was, against Booker T, Chris Benoit against uh, Finley, and Lashley against Mark Henry, with uh, going to the finals of Booker and Lashley. Uh, a lot of those guys, actually, ironically enough, are still somewhat associated with WD uh, in a way, and uh, yeah, King Booker uh, was definitely a different uh, thing from his Harlem Heat days, and he adapted that uh, accent and had Queen Charmel by his side. Yeah, definitely a good uh, king, I think, uh, and we talked about that, I think, uh, one time on a Fantasy Warfare tournament, uh, the early uh, ones uh, talking about the kings, so uh, definitely a good one there. I just want to go back to uh, 21 years ago. WWF presented Judgment Day, and that was where The Undertaker uh, would show up as the American badass and uh, totally became a regular person, basically, uh, instead of the uh, demon uh, that he was or the Lord of Darkness and everything going on with that. Uh, you had the Iron Man match with... Uh, Triple H against uh, The Rock with Shawn Michaels as the uh, guest referee. Jericho and uh, Benoit for the uh, Intercontinental title. And Road Dog and Xbox going after the tag team titles with the Dudley Boys in a uh, tables match. Uh, so Triple H had defeated The Rock 6-5 uh, okay. in a one-hour Ironman match uh, to win the WWF Championship. Uh, said Shawn was the uh, special guest referee. And uh, The Rock was disqualified after 60-minute time limit when The Undertaker entered the ring and took out each member of the McMahon uh, faction, including Triple H. Uh, so I'm not sure if Iron Man matches, as much as they're, I enjoy them, and especially when you don't know uh, what the numbers are going to be, in this day and age of... ADHD uh, wrestling. I don't think people can uh, st sit through a one-hour Ironman match. Uh, don't call it an Ironman match. Don't plan to go an hour. Feel the yeah. crowd. You know what I mean? It's it's I I personally do not like Ironman matches. People will just turn into the last five minutes to see where the score is and yeah. go from there. Um, maybe we don't need to do. Uh, the Ironman match uh, concept where there's so many pinfalls and submissions type deal. But if they want to go an hour Broadway, like uh, Flair and Steamboat used to do, people might be interested in that, not knowing that they're going to go that hour, as opposed to instantly putting that hour time limit and anything goes, how many pinfall submissions and stuff like that. That might uh, go over with today's fan uh, being on the edge of their seat but not calling an Iron Man match and doing that sort of thing. Eight years ago, Tammy Lynn Cinch, a.k.a. Sonny, was released from a Connecticut state prison after serving almost four years. This stemmed from a slew of multiple violations of a protective order, disorderly conduct, and third-degree burglary from September 2012 to January 2013. Uh, this would include arrests on three consecutive days and another pair of arrests within 24 hours involving her then-boyfriend wrestler, Damien Darling. Yeah, just, unfortunately, she fell so far from grace, and 
That's one of the pictures of what you look like uh, after uh, jail and everything from TMZ. Uh, definitely not the uh, most downloaded uh, diva of all time uh, look uh, on AOL uh, compared to what oh, she was. That's what she looks in real life. Yeah. May 22nd. 32 years ago in Bluefield, West Virginia, Lex Luger defeated Michael Hayes to win the NWA United States Championship. Flexi Lexi would go on to hold the U.S. belt longer than anyone else at 523 days. 29 years ago in Knoxville, Tennessee, Brian Lee became the first Smoky Mountain Wrestling Heavyweight Champion. A one-day tournament was held, and in the final, Lee defeated Paul Orndorff via DQ. And Brian Lee would eventually become the Underfaker. Yes, yes. Uh, 26 years ago in Quebec, Canada, Jeff Jarrett defeated Razor Ramon to win the WWF IC belt, and just uh, which was just three days after losing the title in a ladder match in Montreal. 21 years ago on Nitro, uh, from Michigan, Ric Flair is stripped of the WCW World Heavyweight Championship by Vince Russo. This would mean the main event for the evening saw Jeff Jarrett defeat Kevin Nash to win the vacated world title. This was the fourth time the title changed hands that month. On the same show, Daphne defeated Crowbar to win the WCW Cruiserweight Championship. 20 years ago at a SmackDown taping in Anaheim, California, Chris Benoit would suffer a neck injury during a four-team TLC match that had him and Chris Jericho retain the WWF tag team belts. The losers were the Hardys, the Dudleys, and Edge and Christian. 11 years ago, McGruber opens in theaters and stinks it up at the box office. It stayed in theaters for only three weeks and only earned $9.3 million at the box office. The movie had a bunch of WWE cameos at the beginning of the movie as McGruber's elite team. The team consisted of Jericho, MVP, The Great Cali, The Big Show, Mark Henry, and Kane. And they all died. Their characters died early in the movie. Yeah, and McGruber ended up doing a... Uh guest hosting uh, mm -hmm. duty on Raw uh, as promotion for this uh, horrible movie. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I, I think I watched the opening and when all the wrestlers died, I went, yeah, this is a stupid movie. I'm moving on. And it's a happy 33rd birthday for Santana Garrett. Uh, trained by her father, fellow, fellow wrestler Kenny Garrett, uh, the second-generation wrestler is currently signed to WWE. During her career, Garrett has wrestled many in many independent promotions. She also performed in Impact Wrestling under the ring name Brittany. She has won many titles, national and international, such as the Shine Championship, the Shine, Shine Tag Team Championship, and the Wonder of Stardom Championship. Hey, it's also a happy birthday for Tracy Brookshaw, a.k.a. Tracy Brooks. Yikes. Look at married, that. Married to uh, uh, Kazarian. Yes. And she's a proud native of St. Mary's, Ontario. Oh, I know some relatives in St. Mary's. I wonder if they got pictures of her when she was younger. Um, today would have been the 59th birthday of Brian William Pillman. Uh, 
Pillman was born in Cincinnati, Ohio. Before wrestling, Pillman played college football as a defensive tackle. Despite being a second-team All-American twice, he went undrafted by the NFL and joined the Cincinnati Bengals as an undrafted free agent. He would be awarded the team's Ed Block Courage Award in 84, but got cut following the season. He would play for the Canadian Football League's Calgary Stampeders in 1986. After football, Prillman began his wrestling career for Stu Hart Stampede Wrestling. He and Stu Hart's son, Bruce, uh, would form Bad Company and win their tag team titles twice from April 1987 to July 1988. In 1989, he would go stateside and wrestle as Flying Brian for WCW. Pillman would hold the United States Tag Team Championship with Tom Zink for a few months in 1990 and would win the WCW Light Heavyweight Championship in 91 and 92. Pillman and Stunning Steve Austin as the Hollywood Blondes would win the WCW Tag Team titles in March 1993 from Ricky Steamboat and Shane Douglas. During the height of their popularity, they would split and feud with each other. Uh, Pillman would spend part of 94 in ECW, then went back to WCW as a face, but that was a ruse as he joined the Four Horsemen. Pillman would develop his loose cannon gimmick, and in February of 96, after a quick strap match with Kevin Sullivan that had Pillman expose Sullivan as the booker for WCW, he would be fired and returned to ECW. After a single car accident that shattered his ankle and put him in a coma for a week, the surgery forced doctors to fuse the ankle together to a fixed walking position, forcing Pillman to abandon his high-flying offense. Uh, uh, he would join WWF while recovering as a commentator before transitioning to a wrestling role. He would feud with former WCW tag partner Steve Austin in one of the wrestling's most infamous angles, Pillman's Got a Gun. On the November 4th, 1996 Raw, he would then join the Hart Foundation in 97. Pillman would be found dead in his hotel room the day of bad blood. In your house where he was to wrestle dude love, Pillman died of an undetected heart condition that contributed to his death, the same condition that led to the death of his father. Pillman was only 35. Yeah, uh, they just recently did, I believe it was a double episode of uh, Dark Side of the Ring, talking about uh, Brian's uh, tragic life. And uh, his son was uh, also part of it and came off as a huge baby face that AEW has yet to uh, really uh, take advantage of and uh, give him a big push to, uh, based off that. But uh, yeah, he uh, Junior is definitely a spitting image of his dad, and uh, his family was worried about uh, him following his dad's footsteps too deeply. But then also, if you uh, see Melanie Pillman, she is definitely a poster child for don't do drugs. Uh, so yeah, there was a lot of uh, turmoil in that family as well between Brian uh, Junior and his mom. Uh, that got reconciled, but still, just a really messed up uh, family in a way. Uh, and Brian had like four kids from three or four different women. May 23rd. 29 years ago, at a WCW Saturday night taping in Atlanta, Steve Austin defeated Barry Windham to win the WCW World Television Championship. 
And yes, ladies and gentlemen, he had color in his trunks and he had hair Ooh. at one point. Oh, a little too exciting there, Steve. 22 years ago, WWF presented Over the Edge from the Kemper Arena in Kansas City. A horrible incident happened during this event when Owen Hart, who was to descend from the rafters, fell to his death. Uh, the harness mechanism was released too early, and the WWF later would successfully sue the company that manufactured the harness. The incident happened when a video package was airing. Only those in attendance saw the fall. The event would continue after the fall, and Jim Ross had the almost impossible job of announcing to the WWF universe of Owen Hart's sudden passing. Those in attendance were left in the dark about Owen's uh, passing. The event was never released on video, but can be seen on the WWE Network with a lot of editing. Uh, on the show, some of the matches saw Kane and X-Pac defeated D'Lo Brown and Mark Henry to win the WWF Tag Team Championship. And The Undertaker defeated Stone Cold Steve Austin to win the WWF Championship. Shane and Vince McMahon were the special ref guests, uh, the special referees. Yeah, that uh, event uh, definitely obviously sticks in my mind because uh, uh, it is my birthday weekend. And you were actually at my uh, house when we were watching that. Uh, and just everything that happened is just so crazy and that he didn't have a direction in the uh attitude era and they brought back the goody two-shoes uh, side with uh the blue blazer kind of uh, being the counter to everything and i actually got my wife to watch um the dark side of the ring uh season two uh finale that was about owen uh loss but then just this past weekend uh jeff jarrett has a uh, my uh, life uh podcast with conrad thompson now he's on episode number four but episode number three was all about owen and he had promised in his video on the one heart tribute show that he was uh, always going to make sure that oj and athena knew how great uh, of a man uh, their dad was so he really didn't tell many stories about the ribbing that owen would do a lot of other people would tell those but he had a really strong relationship with the family for many years and exchanged Christmas gifts and stuff like that. And so you hear about that in uh, his story and there's a lot of other stuff before him, but as it gets to the end, Conrad actually asked him about that uh, night and they had been dressing together. Owen went to uh, go to the rafters. He uh, was getting ready for his thing. Owen fell, he got immediately called to uh, the back to cut a promo. All he knew that somebody uh, that Owen had fallen and he didn't know what was going on. He saw Owen also wheel past and he's trying to do his promo and stuff like that. And uh, you can go back and watch that, I think, somewhere, probably on YouTube for sure. Uh, but then he ended up going out to the ring and where Owen fell, the boards had actually broke there. Mm. And so he's there in this eerie sort of feeling, knowing that Owen had fallen. The boards were broken. He had to communicate with Val Venus and everybody else not to go in that section. The show continued, but after he was done, there was actually a uh, police uh, vehicle that took him to the hospital to be with Owen. And just everything that Jeff talked about and the cleansing in a way that he thought he uh, did when uh, he went to the funeral home, 
I'm glad I was wearing my shades during uh, that walk with my dog because it was just like so heart wrenching. If you ever get a chance to go and listen to, even if it's just that one episode of uh, my uh, life, uh, the Jeff Jarrett uh, podcast, it's definitely worth a listen to. And the last twenty minutes or so, wow, just. But I don't want to cry. I know, but it's worth listening to uh, somebody else's opinion, uh, uh, actual hands-on recounting of what happened with that and how it actually affected him. And yeah, yeah. it was all a sucky uh, event that happened. Exactly. 21 years ago at a WCW Thunder taping in Saginaw, Michigan, Kevin Nash defeated Jeff Jarrett and Scott Steiner in a three-way match to win the WCW World Heavyweight Championship. Shocking. This was, the, ooh, this was the fifth time the title changed hands in the month of May of 2000. 15 years ago at a SmackDown taping in Bakersfield, California, uh, Bobby Lashley defeated John Bradshaw Layfield in just 82 seconds to win the WWE United States Championship. And Rey Mysterio defeated Layfield to retain the World Heavyweight Championship. As a result of the loss, Layfield, Layfield retired. Of course, that didn't stick as he'd be retired again by Mysterio at WrestleMania 25 in 21 seconds for the IC belt. 14 years ago, Jill Jarrett, the wife of TNA founder Jeff Jarrett, passed away after a long battle with cancer. Jill Jarrett worked behind the scenes in TNA. 11 years ago, WWE presented Over the Limit from the Joe in Detroit, Michigan. Kofi Kingston defeated Drew McIntyre to win the WWE IC belt. Ray Mysterio defeated CM Punk with the win. CM Punk was forced to shave his head. Had Ray lost, he would have been forced to join the Straight Edge Society. The Hart Dynasty, David Hart Smith and Tyson Kidd defeated The Miz and Chris Jericho to retain the WWE Unified Tag Team Championship. I was actually at this event, and the first time that I was actually ever at the Joe, the Joe no, no longer exists, but seeing Orton and uh, Edge against each other, this was where Orton... Um, actually, uh, was getting ready for the RKO and started pounding the mat, and he got, I guess, obviously a little too intense into doing so, and that's where he ended up uh, tearing uh, some muscles and had to go off. So he stopped pounding the mat as much and uh, did more mimicking of that uh, past uh, events afterwards uh, to hype himself up for the RKO, but. He really did a number on himself that night, and yeah, I was at that event. Yeah, sometimes he he gets he looks like he gets too in the moment, too intense, but he also looks like he's having fun sometimes. Eight years ago, at a NXT taping in Florida, Bo Dallas defeated Big E Langston to win the NXT Championship. Eight years ago on Impact from Florida, Mickey James defeated Velvet Sky to win the TNA Knockouts Championship. And it's a happy birthday for Patrick Martin, a.k.a. Alex Shelley. 
Hey, it's also a happy 63rd birthday for Andrew Allison Carey, a.k.a. WWE 2011 Hall of Famer Drew Carey. Uh, Carey is a former member of the U.S. Marine Corps Reserve. Carey took up uh, stand-up comedy in 85. His first national exposure was on the TV show Star Search in 88. Kerry, who is now the host of The Price is Right, also was the number five entrant in the 2001 Royal Rumble. Which was a waste of a number, but hey. Today would have been the 79th birthday of Mary Alfonsi, best known to wrestling fans as Donna Cristinaliano. I might have added too much in that, Cristinaliano? Sure. She was born in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and trained with the fabulous Moolah. Uh, Kristen Ello uh -huh, would have a run in the WWF, highlighted by competing in the first All-Ladies Survivor Series match in 1987, uh, where she would team with one of her protégés, Sensational Sherry Martell. On August 25, 2011, Mary died of chronic obtrusive pulmonary disease, COPD, in her hometown of Pittsburgh. She was 69. And Donna is a member of the 2009 class of the Professional Wrestling Hall of Fame. Very good. Hey, look at that handsome fellow. 48 years ago, this is May 24th, in Kansas City, Harley Race defeated Dory Funk Jr. to win the NWA World Heavyweight Championship. Dory Funk ended up with the second longest reign in NWA history at 1,563 days. 37 years ago in Yokosuka, Japan, Ric Flair, woo, nature boy, defeated Kerry Von Erich 2-1 in a best-of-three falls match to win the NWA World Heavyweight Championship. 39 years ago today, Vince McMahon Sr. died of pancreatic cancer in Florida, Lauderdale, Florida. He was 69. He was born in July 6, 1914 in Harlem, New York. He, of course, is the father to Vinnie Mac, Mr. McMahon. Vince Sr. father, Roderick James Jess McMahon, was a successful boxing, wrestling, and concert promoter alongside Tex Rickard, uh, who promoted events for Madison Square Garden. Vince Sr. was often seen with his father as he learned the family business. Vince Sr. would head uh, the uh, Capital Wrestling Corporation, which was the beginning of what is now the WWE, a pro wrestling group that ran out of the northeastern United States, primarily Baltimore, New York, and New Jersey. Vince was one of the few promotions that saw the potential of putting wrestling on the TV with just a couple cameras. He would run the program in an old barn in Washington, D.C. on the Dumont Network in 1955, which now is a Fox-owned station, WNYW. And that was until 1991 that it was the Dumont Network. Running out of an old barn in Washington, D.C., McMahon began airing matches on the Dumont Network in 1955. It was one of the last live sports programs for the Dying Network, but their flagship station in New York, WABD, uh, today known as WNYW, owned by Fox, picked up the program and aired matches on Saturday nights until 71. I must have, uh, well, that, that was in there twice. Anyways, 
Vince Sr. was not seen on camera very often, as he believed promoters would never interfere with the in-ring action. He also believed wrestlers shouldn't branch out into other forms of media. He would disapprove Hogan's appearance in Rocky III, thus leading Hogan out the door back to AWA. Uh, he can be seen in the 74 movie, 1974 movie, The Wrestler. Not to be confused, of course, with the newer wrestler. Uh, Mr. Uh, yeah, McMahon Sr. would be posthumously inducted into the Madison Square Garden, 1984. Uh, the WWF, 96. Wrestling Observer Newsletter, 96. And Professional Wrestling, 2004. All of them Hall of Fame. So he's in a lot of them. Yeah, that... Um whole thing with him then uh, selling uh, his stuff to uh, son Vincent Kennedy. Um, I think he, Junior was going to owe his dad until he made a uh, profit. If he didn't, it was going to go back uh, to his uh, dad. But because of all the branching out that uh, Vincent Kennedy was doing, Vincent... Uh, Jay was getting a lot of phone calls from the uh, different uh, promoters from around the uh, country uh, complaining about his son coming into their territory and stuff like that. And at that time, it was almost very mob uh, sort of mentality where everybody had their own uh, areas and you didn't cringe on those, but Vince Jr. had such ambition that he's just like, no, I don't care about lines. I, yeah, he got national TV exposure and deals that way. And so it didn't matter uh, being in New York or LA or Minnesota, or Chicago, if he was fair, uh, putting everything fair game and well, all those other businesses closed and he never had to give back the uh, capital uh, wrestling corporation to his dad. And now the uh, performance center is the CWC named after basically the Capital Wrestling mm -hmm. Corporation? Yeah, um, uh, Vince McMahon kind of became the was kind of like Walmart of nowadays or Amazon, where they're basically just chewing up a lot of the small guys. Yeah. Thirty years ago today, Scott Hall makes his WCW television debut as the Diamond Stud. In his debut bout, he defeats Tommy Angel. 18 years ago today, WWF presented Raw is from St. Louis, Missouri. Uh, the show was a tribute to Owen Hart, who died a day earlier at the Over the Edge pay-per-view. There would be uh, many anecdotes about Owen throughout the broadcast and some matches, but pretty much no storylines that night. There was a 10-bell salute for Hart to open the show. The show ended with Stone Cold Steve Austin giving a toast to Owen uh, while a graphic was displayed. I personally thought that ending was kind of tacky, but hey, that's me. Uh, the show receives a 7.2 Nelson rating, the highest for a special episode, and the third highest for any episode in the show's history. It's kind of awkward uh, for that one as well, knowing that uh, Steve really is still had kind of uh, mixed emotions about Owen after being dropped on his head accidentally in 97 at SummerSlam. And two years later, he's uh, popping a uh, top and toasting Owen in death. Uh, of course, he obviously didn't feel, uh, and he wasn't going to hold remorse and anger uh, going in uh, celebrating Owen's death. But 
knowing the backstory and where the feelings were still, it was kind of uh, interesting, that one. Uh, just going back uh, to uh, 36 years ago, today uh, in Chicago, Illinois, Oprah Winfrey made her appearance at a WWE host show. The appearance was cross-promoted with local morning show AM Chicago with three matches from the event airing on the show, with Oprah doing guest commentary. In the show's main event, WWF uh, champion Hulk Hogan defeated Don Morocco. Um, I actually was looking for uh, this picture that's up here of Oprah, and uh, yeah, started watching a little bit of it, and she's definitely not uh, somebody uh, for live sports, for starters, but you, you can tell she came a long way from this uh, broadcast. And it was uh, the Dream Team against, I believe it was uh, Tito Santana and Junkyard Dog as the uh, first uh, matchup on the YouTube uh, presentation. And I believe she's with one of the Valiants uh, as their co-host or co-commentator. Damn, that's a young looking Oprah. 22 years ago today on Nitro from Greensville South, Chris Benoit, Dean Malenko, and Rowdy Piper defeated Diamond Dallas Page, Flair, and Bam Bam Bigelow. It was also reported that Bret Hart was the face WCW champ Kevin Nash in the Nitro main event that night on The Tonight Show with Jay Leno. Uh, but that did not take place as Bret flew back to Calgary to be with his family. Too bad that was canceled, eh? Tonight Show with a match. 11 years ago today on Raw from Toledo, Ohio, R-Truth defeated The Miz to win the WWE United States Championship. It's a happy 46th birthday for William Sasso, born in Lander, B.C., Canada, British Columbia. Sasso, uh, who made a name for himself on Mad TV, would make many appearances in wrestling mostly WWE and WCW feuding with Bret Hart. Sasso also has been chokeslammed by Kane. May 25th, 32 years ago in Osaka, Japan, Salam Hashenkoff uh, defeated Big Van Vader to win the IWGP Heavyweight Championship. On the same show, Jushin Thunder Liger would win his first IWGP Junior Heavyweight title defense. Uh, uh, sorry, title defeating Shiro Kashinaka, uh, Liger would go on to hold the title 11 times. Miss that picture. 27 years ago at a WWF TV taping in Erie, Pennsylvania, a 16-year-old Jeff Hardy made his WWF debut in a losing effort to the 1-2-3 kid. Wow, at 16, that's impressive. Yeah, also on the card with was well, with the debut of Ted DiBiase's Underfaker Brian Lee. Yeah, I tried finding a photo of uh, Brian Lee as the Underfaker and uh, Ted DiBiase, but uh, that was uh, very hard to find and not obviously something uh, good enough to put up here. Uh, the only photos were really from uh, SummerSlam uh, with the uh, real Undertaker right? mm. yeah, facing off with each other, so I wasn't going to use that yet. And then with Jeff Hardy here, uh, for being 16, I'm betting that he lied about his age to be able to uh, do that because probably needed to be at least 18 to uh, get into a WD ring. Probably, but hey, if you can 
work at 16. Actually, you can work at 14, I think, but uh, why not, eh? He could work at a McDonald's at that age. Why can't he wrestle in a ring? As long as he knows what he's doing, of course. Which he did. Great. 22 uh, years ago at a Raw is war taping. Jeff Jarrett defeated the Godfather to win the WWF Intercontinental Championship. Originally, it was apparently supposed to be Owen Hart winning the title, uh, who died two days earlier. The episode would air May 31st. Also, the Acolytes, Bradshaw and Farouk, defeated X-Pac and Kane to win the WWF Tag Team Championship. 19 years ago today, Shakira Pro Wrestling had its first show. This promotion was a wrestling school that produced its own show with a lot of new talent with a Lucha Libra flavor. Uh, the first main event saw the Black T-Shirt Squad, which was Mike Quackenbush, uh, Reckless Youth, and Don Montoya defeated the Gold Bond Ma Mafia, which was CM Punk, Coke Cabana, and Chris Hero. I love Gold Bond. Mm -hmm. It's a happy 31st for Taylor Michael Rotunda, a.k.a. Bo Dallas. Of course, Bo is part of the Rotunda family. He is a three-time FCW Florida heavyweight champion, twice Florida tag team champion with his older brother, Wyndham, and is a former NXT champion and, of course, had a perfect score on his taxes. May 26th. 34 years ago today, the Rock and Roll Express are awarded the NWA World Tag Team Championship. Manny Fernandez and Rick Rude were the champions at the time, uh, but both men uh, left Jim Crockett promotions. Rude left for the WWF, and Fernandez left for Mid-South Wrestling, leaving them with no champions. So they chose to air a previous match that had Ivan Koloff teaming with Fernandez, claiming Rude was injured. This is known as a phantom title change. And only you could do that back then when a lot of stuff was pre-taped and hey, who knew? 34 years ago, former WWF champion the Iron Sheik and Hacksaw Jim Duggan were arrested in New Jersey on drug possession charges after they were pulled over on the New Jersey Turnpike. The two were on their way to a WWF house show. Uh, that they were scheduled to face each other in their ongoing feud. Duggan was caught drinking and driving and possession of pot, and Sheik was charged with possession of cocaine and marijuana. They managed to make it to the event that night and even wrestled their match without telling the WWF uh, that they just got arrested. Of course, the TV news got a hold of the story and both were fired from the WWF. But, of course, they would both be rehired again in the future. Yeah, if you uh, watch, um, there's a, uh, I believe it's on uh, Prime, uh, Amazon Prime. There's a uh, movie documentary of the Iron Sheik. So maybe about 10 years old by now, because uh, uh, I think it ends with the craziness that he had with uh, Rob Ford in uh, Toronto when uh, the sub place and him were uh, having fun with Rob, but there is a segment in the uh, video that ha is a cartoon of what happened with uh, <laughs> Duggan and uh, Sheik getting arrested and then nice. making their way to uh, the arena and fighting each other and stuff like that. So uh, if you ever get a chance to check out the uh, Sheik uh, documentary movie. 
Cool. I have to look for that. I've seen some of it, but I didn't see the cartoon part. Uh, 25 years ago, WWF presented In Your House 8, Beware of Dog, from the Florence Civic Center in Florence, South Carolina. The show was best remembered for the thunderstorm that knocked out the power in the building, causing the WWF to run uh, the middle of the card in the dark. The pay-per-view audience would only see the first and last match, but would re-air the pay-per-view on the Tuesday, calling it Beware of Dog 2. They would re-air the first and last match and hold rematches of the dark matches. Also in the original broadcast, WWF champion Shawn Michaels was gotten to. Michaels yelled at a section of fans who were heckling him. As the story went, Michaels became so unraveled he flipped off a sound technician after his music wasn't properly queued up. The tantrum has been edited out and only exists in Shawn's parents' basement on VHS. Since this event, a WWE pay-per-view has not taken place in South Carolina since that night. Uh, matches airing on the Sunday uh, in a free-for-all match. The Smoking Guns defeated the Godwins to win the WWF Tag Team Championship. Mark Merrow defeated Hunter Hearst Helmsley. Shawn Michaels uh, fought the British Bulldog to a double pin for the WWF Championship. Uh, matches airing Tuesday, May 28th. Savio Vega defeated Steve Austin in the Carib uh, Caribbean Strat match. Uh, with the lost Austin's manager, Ted DiBiase was fired from the WWF. Luckily for DiBiase, he was on his way to WCW. Had Vega won, he would have been DiBiase's limo driver. Uh, Vader defeated Yokozuna, and Goldust defeated The Undertaker in a casket match to retain the WWF IC belt. And I also read, not in my notes, I don't know why, also read that that was... On the Tuesday night, when they did those other matches, that was a bonus for that crowd because that was just supposed to be a, I believe, a superstar taping or something. So pretty damn good for uh, those people that uh, had tickets for the Beware of Dog 2. Yeah, and then uh, looking at Savio Vega and uh, Austin, probably a very underrated uh, feud uh, that they had, uh, but it helped establish uh, Steve Austin in the WWE um, with the, his future. And with DiBiase uh, going, um, Steve was able to start doing the Stone Cold uh, gimmick. And uh, yeah, I'm not sure if uh, DiBiase had stayed around longer, whether we would have had the Texas Rattlesnake uh, coming out like we ended up getting. So many mm -hmm. things fell into place for Steve capitalizing on others' changes or mistakes or whatever it was, uh, because, you know, DiBiase leaving. He got the uh, stone cold. The uh, curtain call, he got to be king of the ring. You know, so many things. Shawn Michaels lost his smile. He gets a double turn match with uh, Bret Hart at WrestleMania. So Steve, definitely right place, right time uh, for all these occurrences. He's a go-to guy. Uh, and, yeah, that match is great. And... I kind of wonder why they don't do strap matches more often because they can be very entertaining. Eight years ago, Hector Salano Segura, best known to wrestling fans as Hector Garza, dies of lung cancer. He was 43. 
Uh, he was born June 12th, 1969. Garza was trained by his two uncles. After two years in his career, he was brought into CMLL in 1995. He quickly won the World Trios Championship with Dos Caras in La Fira, uh, went to a triple A in a short run that included an appearance at the 97 WWF Royal Rumble as part of Triple A's relationship deal, uh, then would land in WCW. In 99, he returned to AAA as part of a four-man feud with Heavy Metal, Latin Lover, and Pero Aguero Jr. He would join TNA in 2004 and eventually end up back in CMLL, winning their World Heavyweight Belt. He would exit CMLL as champ and rejoin AAA as part of the Invasion Angle. In February 2012, Garza was the last man standing out of six to win the Mexican National Heavyweight Championship. In October 2012, Garza was diagnosed with lung cancer and retired from active competition. He would die on May 26, 2013, while still holding the Mexican National Heavyweight Championship. The Mexican City Boxing Wrestling Commission would deem the championship vacant following his passing. Um, and then in 2017, about four years later, there was a tournament that was held to declare a new champion, which El Terrible, or, or Terrible, I imagine they say Terrible, uh, won. It's a yeah, happy... Um, he's, Sorry, go ahead. He's also related to uh, Angel Garza. Uh, who currently is on uh, WD Raw. Uh, I'm not sure if it's his... Uh, it could be his uncle, I think, is Hector. But he is related to Angel Garza on cool. uh, Raw. I'll have a footnote in this uh, next one that you're about to do. After All that. right. Hey, it's a happy 42nd birthday for Ashley Marie Massario. Uh, born in New York City and growing up in Babylon, New York, Macero tried out for the Raw Diva Search in 2005. The oldest contestant in the field, she was 26 at the time of the entry, uh, bested seven other finalists that summer, winning a one-year $250,000 contract with WWE. Ashley was one of 16 contestants for 15 seasons of Survivor, and she lasted only two episodes. Yeah, so um, actually um, what missed in your uh, notes was that, unfortunately, on May 15th, actually uh, finished uh, replying to a fan email and uh, did not show up uh, to work for uh, WWSK-FM later that night, prompting another DJ to fill in for her. At 5.23 a.m. Uh, the next morning, paramedics responded to a rescue call and discovered Massaro uh, unresponsive in her home in Smithtown, New York. And when they arrived at the hospital, she was uh, pronounced dead uh, 10 days uh, before her 40th birthday. Uh, so, yeah, uh, unfortunately, rest in peace for uh, Ashley, uh, who passed away uh, May 15th, two years ago. Uh, she left uh, behind a uh, daughter, uh, Alexa, and it was uh, Masara was set to take part in a suicide prevention music video uh, that one of her co-workers was doing and was recording a song with Brandon Brown uh, and a few others. But yeah, unfortunately, uh, her death was uh, deemed a suicide. 
Bummer. All right. And finally, May 27th, 33 years ago in Japan, Owen Hart defeated Hiroshi Haas to win the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship. 25 years ago, WCW presented the first two-hour edition of Monday Nitro uh, from Georgia. Uh, this was one of the most important Nitros of them all. Scott Hall first appeared during the second match in the live crowd. He would be presented in his Razor Ramon character and address the crowd. Then later in the night, he would crash the broadcast booth and declare war on WCW and call out the best three WCW wrestlers. This would be beginning the beginning of the biggest storyline in WCW and change how the WWF competed in the Monday Night Wars. 24 years ago in Sapporo, Japan, Kenta Kobayashi and Johnny Ace defeated the Holy Demon Army uh, to win the All Japan Unified World Tag Team Championship. And that tag team consisted of Kawada and Tao. 18 years ago on Raw from Edmonton, Alberta, Canada, Rob Van Dam defeated Eddie Guerrero in a ladder match to win the WWE IC belt. And I think that's the one where a fan knocked Eddie off the ladder, if I remember. Yeah, it might be. And Terry Reynolds defeated Stevie Richards to win the WWE Hardcore Championship, only to lose it back to Richards a few seconds later. It's a happy 39th birthday to Natalie Catherine Neidhart, a.k.a. Natalia. Considered the world's first third-generation female wrestler, Natalie trained in the famous Hart family dungeon. She wrestled on the independent circuit from 2000 to 2006 before signing with the WWE in 2007. She would become the manager of the Hart dynasty, cousin David Hart, Smooth, and future husband Tyson Kidd, leading them to gold. In 2010, she would win the WWE Divas Championship. Natalie still wrestles on the main roster to this day. And is the current uh, WWE tag team, Women's Tag Team Champion with Tamina. And that oh, uh, makes another connection between the Hearts and the Samoans, just like her uncle Owen with uh, Yoko. Yes. He's now with uh, Tamina. Um, Lovely uh, couple that uh, Tyson and uh, Natalia are. Um, wish I'd uh, be able to keep, uh, be in contact with her. But every uh, year for my birthday, uh, Tyson actually uh, sends me a uh, happy birthday wish on uh, Facebook, on Messenger, and we uh, sometimes chat for a bit. So oh, it's nice. uh, pretty cool that he reaches out to fans like that. Mm -hmm. And he's responsible for a lot of the... Uh, uh, bookings of the women's division uh, lately, and some uh, of the better matches late, uh, lately. So he's a really good agent. It's unfortunate that his career got sidetracked like it did when mm -hmm. uh, he took a muscle buster from Samoa Joe the wrong way. But yeah, great guys. Fantastic. And, and, and it's a happy 62nd birthday to Aaron. Eric Aaron Bischoff, uh, just a little bit on him. He was born in Detroit, Michigan, and before wrestling, he owned a landscape company, worked as a veterinarian assistant, kickboxed professionally, and even ran a butcher shop out of his van. I would love to have seen that. 
And that is the end of This Week in Wrestling. Of course, This Week in Wrestling is compiled from the vast land of Google, Wikipedia, CadeSiteSeats.com, and mostly, and most importantly, from fans and journalists that had front row seats to history. Yeah, uh, so thank you for taking us on this uh, trip through uh, memory lane. And yeah, we've kept it to uh, about an hour like we normally do. And I want to remind everybody that we are sponsored by CoolBet. Stay cool, bet responsibly, and join us uh, later on uh, tonight for the Scumbags Wrestling Podcast, where uh, we're going to run down some of the news of the week. And uh, unfortunately, uh, Alexa Bliss's uh, pig has passed away. Uh, and it's actually, uh, he was famous in being a part on, uh, Total Divas, uh, when she was on that. So, uh, Larry is, uh, gone. We'll talk about, uh, that, uh, different other news, uh, from the, uh, week, uh, Velveteen Dream statement and, um, give a little bit of highlight of AEW as, uh, tomorrow night they're doing Dynamite on a special Friday against SmackDown. And they're also going to be doing Double or Nothing on Sunday. Plus then Sunday, tune in for a rundown of the uh, whole card for Double or Nothing as uh, we'll wait for your submissions for the Scumbags Prediction League where you can earn points towards the championship belt. And uh, yeah, so we got two more podcasts coming up uh, over the next couple of days. So join us, whether you're watching on uh, Twitch, YouTube or Facebook, listening to us on Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or anywhere you get podcasts from, part of the Ontario Podcasting Network and the Johnners Podcast Network over in the UK. So we're available everywhere, and uh, be sure to be a part of this anytime you want. Uh, con- contact us by email or uh, Facebook, any which way you want to do so. We are open for business. Anything and chimpanzees are welcome. Exactly. Anything else you want to add? Uh, that, in case no one got that joke, that was because you said any which way you can, I believe. Yeah. That's why I said chimpanzee. Yeah. Anyways, nope, that's it. <laughs> have a great afternoon, guys, and we'll see you later on tonight. <laughs>